I'm Jeff Cook. And I'm TJ Wilson. And this is Around the Circle. I'm walking slowly. The Enneagram is a map of the human personality. It's a tool for navigating relationships, creates language for what motivates us, and helps us to look at the way we look at everything else. Most importantly, the Enneagram's a mirror, because sometimes you need help seeing yourself. My name's Jeff Cook. I'm a philosopher in Greeley, Colorado, and with me is TJ Wilson, businessman, lover of theology, and Enneagram ninja. Hello. My man. Hey. Talking about connecting with folks. Connecting with folks. Neat. Now that COVID is over, apparently this is a thing. <laughs> it's it's totally over. We're it's over from our yeah. planet. <laughs> it's more hopeful than I think I meant. Yeah, it. we're all kind of more hopeful than we should be. I think. I find that I'm actually doing things again with people. Yeah. That aren't uh, those who live under my roof. Sure. Yeah. And uh, you know, having some language for what's actually taking place. How do I connect with people best? This has been helpful for me. Yeah, it's good. Makes sense. It also, like, specifically thinking about, like, post-COVID, we all had to relearn how to connect to people. Not just not just the people outside, but also, like, like it was a real study in how to connect to the people that we were spending a, almost a year indoors with. Why am I so bad at small talk? <laughs> <laughs> Only thing going through my head. Anything that you've been thrilled to reconnect to in 2022? I... I was talking with one of my coworkers about this the other day. Uh, I have a job in the service industry and you know, the, the service industry, uh, um, uh, let, let's say we were, uh, we're, we weren't casualties of the pandemic, but, but we, we got a lot of, um, you know, you know, things happen in the service industry during the pandemic. And, uh, it, I didn't work for a solid year. Like I did not have a shift for a whole year. Um, you know, I had a baby, there's a pandemic. And one of the things that has been happening like pretty consistently is just this really solid reminder while I am at work, I am reminded how much I love my job, how much I love being in a place that regularly connects with people. Yeah, I feel like it was it like that break that forced forced hiatus gave me space to remember the like like I chose this profession for a reason and I really love what I do a mm. lot. That's a great word. I have found it. I likewise, uh, my primary source of income is about getting lots of people in the same room at the same time, and this was a no no during COVID mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and. I'm also the moral idealist that I am have had such a difficult time getting my inner life back around the fact that we can get together mm, again sure. now without feeling some sort of gun shyness as right, it were. Right. From multiple different angles. Cause cause you're, you're considering several different perspectives in, in the, that conversation of like, is it okay or not? Yep. Yeah. As a Enneagram one, this is not difficult for me to just think through these things and move past them quickly, of course. <laughs> what are the rules you've internalized? These have no emotional effect. Right, yeah. Um, speaking of effect, our series is going to be, this is going to be some of the most important stuff that TJ and I have studied this year. Uh, for myself, 
the stuff that we're beginning with today has been on my mind in my notebooks for about six months. And things that both of us, we look at it, we're like banging our heads against the wall going, this is very uh, important mm-hmm. and needs to be simplified. Yep. And so for the next uh, four weeks, we're going to try to drive home some stuff that has been incredibly important to us and which just doesn't have a lot of literature yet. Right, right. We will talk about the literature here in a minute, but we are talking about how we connect to others and what we need from others in order to connect. So there's like the things we offer and there's what we need in return. And so we did a series on love at the beginning of the year, and this is going to just build on that. So if you want, you know, some footnotes, some, some bigger, broader ideas specifically with the people that you love. We did a lot of work early in 2022, but today we're going to just talk kind of 30,000 feet up about a handful of topics. And I find these things real valuable. Yeah. Routinely say, this is me. I, when I look at this material and especially where I have great relationships and where I have relationships that have hurt me and relationships that I really want to flourish, but aren't, and just my presence in the world, uh, the Enneagram for me in this space just is a, is a mirror. It just gives me the mirror for saying, this is why you feel the way you are right now. Yeah. Yeah. When I look at a lot of this stuff, I think that this, this is, this is how we understand Jeff. <laughs> Not TJ or anybody else, but no, but it's I mean it's uh, we we did a lot of this conversation in in some of our relationship series and and um we we definitely talked at least dipped our toe into it in the love series, but the the idea of how we connect like this is one of the most fundamental things about what it is to be human and and what it is to to live in community and and live in a house with other people and have go to jobs and have relationships at school and have like, we're all part of some kind of family and, and whether that family is messed up or not, like a lot of them are, that's fine. Like there, this is part of all of that. This is part of how we interact with other humans. And it's just, it's, it's really, really valuable to know, to start to understand, to start to see how, how, things get messed up, how you keep banging your head against a wall because you're talking about one thing and the person that's across the table is talking about something else. And yeah, it's super valuable stuff. I'm not sure there's anything more core to being a human being than our connection with other human beings. Hmm. Like we we're by our nature, we're relational animals. Right. And, um, and that even may transcend being an animal, it might be the case that you connect with God as well. And that is, but connection, how you connect with other people, with God, even connecting with things like your dog, your job, your car, it's going to be all over the language we're going to use today. So just, this is an enormous topic. And so we know that we're painting with a broad brush, but lots of the language we're going to use for, again, in my experience has been incredibly helpful. Now, we're not the first people to dive into this by any means. There's two, I want to just highlight two authors, uh, Dr. David Daniels, who is a Stanford professor, and Chris Heritz, who did a book, what, five years ago, six years ago, that hit the material that we're 
doing and the the triad that we're looking at is affect groups or what Daniels calls the harmony triad. Yeah. Um, and I suppose Riso and Hudson in their first book, what was it? Uh, personality types. In personality types, they 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 touch on harmony triads as well. Okay. So three three authors kind of have have some material on this. Sure. Um, we have a take on this, and I feel like our stuff has advanced the ball quite a bit. So we're going to talk about where we're developing things, but there is a foundation laid. Um, any footnotes uh, that need to be laid before we we jump into our stuff? Yeah, uh, Dr. David Daniels, I think, is the sort of pioneer in this area, and and he is a he's a Stanford psychology professor. Like the, the there's a guy who studied the mind and 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 human interaction and. And he, a lot of this is based off of object relation theory, which is a, is a thing about personality being formed in our, in our youth. And there's like three main things that, that we develop as, as children, as infants about relating to our primary caregivers. And we could get into the weeds on all of that, but, but that's, I, there's a really important foundation that has to do with psychology on a, on a different kind of level than the Enneagram that, that this is all based on and it's object relation theory. I think it's really interesting. We are not going to talk about object relation theory a lot, but I think it is really important as a sort of foundation for this work. Yep. Uh, one set of writers say that all of modern psychology suggests there's three big universal emotions, uh, attachment, rejection, and frustration. And that that's just core to who we are. So bringing in modern psychology, where does it overlap with the Enneagram? A lot of that's what we're going to be discussing. So exactly. anyway, there's the academic footnotes for you nerds. Yep. For the rest of you, affect is about affection. Affect is about how we affect people. Get those things in your mind. Affection is about love. It's about relationships. It's about all of the emotions that go into love. Love isn't always happy. Sometimes we can be cut and cut deeply by love when love isn't returned. And love, affection, affects us. And just giving language to how love affects us is incredibly important for us to be healthy people because sometimes the way people love us really does either hurt us or, you know, raise us up or, you know, gives us grounding. Uh, we can feel disappointed. We can feel fulfilled. That's where we're going. Yeah. Um, you got any footnotes before we, we jump in? Uh, only thing I want to say there is to make sure that we're, everyone knows that we're not talking specifically about romantic love. We're talking about right. all kinds of, uh, all kinds of human interaction that involves some kind of care. Exactly right. You can love your car. And actually, if you were to we we did the very first time one of my favorite things we've done this is a, I keep using the word footnote one of the very first things that we did uh, on this material was just saying what does it look like for you to get a new car yeah. to get rid of your old car and get a new car and because it was a it was just a window into this mm -hmm. like how do relationships start how do they end and that can be really helpful yep so what we're gonna do we're gonna pick a topic, go around the circle as we normally do, but this time we're going to divide things up into triads. And uh, you know what, TJ, because your presence matters. <laughs> I think we should, we should start with your triad. Great. So if you were to look at a harmony triad or what we call affect groups, you would see three triangles. 
and the triangles would be 369, 258, and 147. And we'll unpack these as we go. But the 369 triad is often called the pragmatists. These are, uh, what's, what's skinny on pragmatists? Uh, these are the types that are associated with the attachment word in the uh, in the three basic emotions, and this is uh, these are types that uh, they they attach to things that work for their primary motive, and they detach from things that don't work. Uh, it's it's all about like finding finding ways to get the thing that I'm looking for in practical. Uh, like like what works what what works here what what gives me the thing that i want that's the thing that i'm going to keep near me and if it doesn't give me the thing that i want then i'm probably not going to keep it around motive is important here and you'll y'all will know this uh each of the types have an aim either for autonomy attention or security cleanly enough threes desire attention Sixes desire security, and nines desire autonomy. That comes out in relationships. Yep. Threes want attention, and they're going to attach. Sixes want security, they're going to attach. Nines want control and autonomy, they're going to attach. The motive moves into how we connect with others, and that's worth naming. Right. One big thing that has hit us and has been in our language for a while now, but really needs to get emphasized is that three sixes and nines are space creators. The way that three sixes and nines end up connecting to their world, to other human beings, even to their cars, ends up having to do with creating spaces. So you'll notice this in your relationship with nines or as a nine. Nines are creating spaces for peace and calm, not only for themselves, but for everybody else. Right. And that is how their relationships often work. It's, this is what I have to offer. I have the ability to see other people's perspectives as a nine. I have the ability to understand what are the things that are warring against our feelings of peace, naming them, moving away from them, getting everybody on the same page so that you know, that, that, that harmony can, can emerge. Right. You'll notice that same kind of logic applies to threes. Threes not only want to feel successful and gain attention from fe- feeling successful, they commonly want the people closest to them to look successful, feel successful, and they're creating those sorts of spaces. We're all in this together. We're going to win together. Lots of threes are athletes, and there ends up being that, you know, let's win this championship together kind of energy coming from threes. Right. Sixes, you will know, commonly have that language, the devil's advocate kind of language of have we all considered this thing might go wrong, this thing might break. We really need to look out for these problems. Sixes not only want security for themselves, but in their relationship with the rest of the world are creating space for everybody to be safe. Right. And that space creation is really important to this triad. Any right. thoughts? Yeah, you can see that play out in in a lot of the other language that we use to talk about threes, sixes, and nines. It's it's threes are are wanting to be the most successful, and of course, like they they, they want the whatever department they're a part of, the the team, the the group, the family. 
that is part of that is an extension of who they are. So obviously they want that to be the most successful too. And if they can create an environment where everyone else around me succeeds, then I will also be raised up like this. This plays out through each of these types. Nines want peace and harmony and for things to be calm. And in that, they also have to create an environment where everyone else can experience that calm. Because if you are calm, I'm calm. And it's great. And and that extends to, like, I will we'll probably bring this up a lot, but, like, my my staff, my my shop, my coffee shop is, is an environment of calm, of peace, of like, there's not a lot of conflict in our space because this is something that I'm creating for myself. And in order to create it for myself, everyone else has to be on board too. And the same thing with sixes, like it, it, it's sixes are the type that are most likely to be thinking about the greater good. Like what's, what's good for everybody. What's, what does everybody need to be? What what do we all need to do in order for all of us to be safe? And in that way, if everyone's safe, that obviously means I'm safe too. Give and take going on there, yeah? Yep, yeah. The thing about this triad is there is a radar for, I'm offering the space, I'm offering the peace, success, the fidelity to others, but I expect that in return. Right. Absolutely. Threes will not stay in relationship with others that aren't keeping up and promoting the success of the crew. Right. Or at least they'll try and separate from them as much as possible. Right. Yeah. That three threes hate the group project. Like everyone hates the group project where there's <laughs> one person not pulling their weight. And by the way, I am that one person totally guilty. I understand <laughs> I understand how bad that is, but threes hate me for that reason. Like they, they don't like the group project because that one person is bringing down the average. So if there's a way to separate from that one person or even the whole yeah. group, that's that's that is desirable because then Disc- they're not being held back. <laughs> Disconnection will occur. Yeah. So two for nines, nines who the way that nines connect to the world is creating those spaces of peace and harmony. But if you are constantly a banging gong, if you're constantly bringing energy, which is, you know, piercing and cutting, the nine will eventually move away from you, yeah? Right, absolutely. And and it's... This is this is one of the things that actually has has the highest potential of bringing out my aggression. Like like I I hate I hate entering into conflict. I hate fighting with people. But like if you're if you're messing up the peace in my space, I'll get into it with you. Like that's yep. that's the place where I will say get out. <laughs> and yeah, it that that doesn't come out naturally. I I I want it to be calm. And, and realistically, if you're disrupting my peace, and particularly if you're disrupting the peace of the space that I've created, it's a big no-no. And likewise, sixes. Yeah. If you're unreliable, if you are a, uh, an instrument of chaos, what would this be? If you are allowing toxins into the tribe, all yeah. these things, yeah, no-go. Yeah, the, and 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 this is one of the places where the counterphobic side of sixes will really come out, is because they will push against authorities that are abusive, uh, are are unsafe, are un 
that are are not looking out for the common good. They will be the ones to push against that once yeah. they realize that this is this is unsafe and they don't necessarily they're they're not necessarily going to be the ones who take charge, but but they will try and get everyone else to kick that person out too. Yeah, really worth noting, especially leaders are objects of suspicion. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. This is where the title, the pragmatists, you can see it materialize. They are pragmatic in their relationship. What is it that works, Mm -hmm. especially in getting my aim? What are the relationships that work? What are the homes that work, the cars that work, the, you know, even, even the pets that work or the jobs that work in getting me my aim, autonomy, attention, security. Yeah. And so there is pragmatic it's all about what works and these these three will connect to things that work disconnect from things that don't work and that is how they are in the world and that's like it's so valuable to have uh in mind even if you are part of this triad or if you love people in this triad that commonly their relationships are based in these spaces and you have to name the spaces and how you are connecting to them or how they are connecting to others because that's that's the only way these types are in the world connecting to everything else, as it were. Right. Notice then the language of what's being offered. Nines are giving calm spaces. Threes are giving successful spaces. Sixes are giving safe, faithful spaces. But there is an expectation as well. I'm giving you this. I'm offering this to you. But all relationships are two ways, so... Mm-hmm there is going to be reciprocation. Like uh, what do these types need in return needs to be named as well. Yeah. And I think it's, I mean, it, it's, it's as simple as it is, you know, complicated that the thing that each of these types want is in that primary motive. And like if, if nines are creating a space of peace and you are not able to offer them the kind of, autonomy that that piece offers then then you're not going to be welcome in their space for long yep and 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 really like thinking about peace when you think about peace with a nine it's really easy to go with the stereotype to go with what i the 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 ways that we talk about peace of like calm serenity like like these we don't want to fight but really really what it's about is making sure that that your space does not encroach on my space i want autonomy i don't want your conflict means that i have to engage and i don't have a choice anymore so so that's what it's about it's about making sure that that whatever is you're doing does not force the nine to do something that they didn't want to that that autonomy part is the big thing for threes. It's it is about success, but it's it's more than that. It's about the appearance of success. It's about wanting to be praiseworthy. The excellence is about wanting people to tell them that they're excellent. They want the attention of being excellent. So that so the space that they're creating is not in a vacuum. It's not alone. They want people to see how great the group is and tell them how great the group is. And if you're not offering that, you may not be part of the group for long. Yep. And sixes, like it, it's not 
it's not just what is going to keep everyone safe. They need to feel like they are going to be secure, protected, taken care of. Like it's this deep level, like things are going to happen and we need to make sure that we are prepared for those things. And if you're not offering the kind of space and environment where they can talk about their fears and feel like they they have this safe space, they have this this environment in which they they can prepare for all of the things that they are nervous about. Like that that is what they need. And and if you aren't be, going to be able to offer that, that means if you're dismissive, if you're actively being unsafe, if you're if you're not letting them do the work to prepare, that is also part of them feeling unsafe. So yeah. you you may not be part of their circle anymore if you prevent that from happening. Gonna test whether or not you're faithful. Yeah. In some of the literature that surrounds Enneagram, you'll see books on love languages. And maybe the, it's not the identical kind of uh, concept, but oftentimes we love other people the way we want to be loved. Mm-hmm. So on the opposite side, like I'm not a gift giver, but my wife is a gift giver. And so she will give gifts to say, this is how I'm showing you that I love you. And I expect you to give me gifts when you show me that I am loved, right? Right, right. So I've learned this love language. Yep, perfect. Uh, Guide on my calendar, buying things, you know, months ahead of time just in case. Yep. (laughs) Did I screw up? Did I forget that it was a certain date? No problem. I got a closet full of somethings. Yeah, exactly. Similar here, I think, for each of the types, we want to be loved the way that we are loving others. Mm -hmm. And you can see it here that the three is seeking to create spaces where everybody feels successful. But if you do not give the three some messages of you are crushing it, you are doing so well in these spaces, these are the places you're winning. Yeah. That that is what the the three is offering that to others and longs for that in return. Right. And even more so, the fact that you were have done this so well means I'm better for it. Mm-hmm. Like that, that, that level of including yourself in the success that it's, there's a, there's an inclusion level that like this, this is part of the creation of space is that I want everyone else to be successful so that I am more successful. And, yeah. and within folded into that is the inclusion of both parties version of what the thing is being created for threes. We're all better because you have done this so well for nines. We're all like, this is a safe, this is a, this is a place where I feel comfortable and good. And I don't want to leave this place because you have done such a good job of creating a calm environment for sixes. We are all safer because you have done this. It's become blindingly obvious to me, especially for eights and nines, how much they respect my spaces. Mm. It's I've I never have to say it to eights and nines. Sure, it's 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 incredibly intuitive that yeah. no, no no that's your space you you get control over that thing yeah and there's it never but with the other two triads yeah it's different yep yeah we get autonomy in ways that others don't so the nine offering you look. 
that's your space. But why would I? Why would I need to get into your space? Right. Uh, things need to be, you know, on, on the even keel. Yeah. I mean, you got your space. I got my space. Everything's everything's copacetic. Yep. And that is how the nine is loving you. Yep. And absolutely expects you to have the same posture towards them. Absolutely. Suzanne Stabile tells a story about uh, her and her husband. Uh, she is a two, he is a nine, and uh, they're on a plane, and there's a gentleman who speaks Spanish. And Joe speaks Spanish, but Suzanne doesn't. And and this gentleman is struggling with his overhead. He's struggling. And uh, it's in Suzanne's mind that obviously Joe should be the one to get up and go translate and help take care of this situation. And for Joe, it's it's not it's not part of his thing like that. This isn't his to do. He, he doesn't think that this is. And, and I, every time I hear that story, it like, I, I like the way that she tells it, but she's telling it from a very two perspective. That's, That's exactly. She it. is telling it from the perspective of someone who say, who sees someone who needs help and assumes that other people see someone who needs help. Yep. And the nine in me sees someone who is capable of asking for help and I will not be inserting myself into their business because that is a total stranger and it's not my place. And you you wouldn't want somebody to insert themselves if you were having that struggle. Right. Exactly. Yeah. We love the way we want to be loved. Here's, here's, here's the thing. You can't get away from that. That's part of your wiring. Right. What's not part of your wiring is understanding this about the people in your life. So you might not be a six, but you can understand the way sixes love and want to be loved, and you can meet them in that space. Yeah. Or nines. Yep. Or threes in this yep. matter. So I'm not, I am, I love getting compliments maybe once every three weeks. Sure. I, that would be, that's plenty for me. Uh huh. This is this is not where my wife lives, <laughs> right? Every so three minutes that, or so, right? you got to just turn up turn up the dial on mm-hmm. that. Like mm-hmm. it just the frequency needs needs to be a little bit more more uh, more common, right? Yeah, so you this talked is about co- the the love languages, and and yeah. one of the fascinating things about the love languages is it like when you're studying the four love languages there there's the version of you that like, this is how you want to receive it. And then there's another that this is how you want to give it. And, and there's something about within that conversation, there's something about teaching other people how you give and receive. And within this conversation as well, there has to be a recognition that like, not only do we love differently, but we have to communicate to each other how not not only how we naturally give but also how we need to receive right we build on that a bunch again in that love series that we did at the beginning of 2022 right but there's four things going on in any relationship there's how i am the tools i'm using to love you and then there's my expectation in terms of what i need to receive from you to feel connected very different is your tools for loving me and what you expect right, to feel connected. Right. And it's like all four of those things need to have kind of a dance, have to mm-hmm. have some play. Mm-hmm. If, if just one of them breaks, you know, it can, it can actually throw things off. Right. Right. I want to 
just put a end note on all of this. Just notice how three sixes and nines work with all the with the other three triads, with the centers, with stance, and with coping style, because it's all over this language. So to start with the threes, the threes are going to take hold of attention. But how they come to the world then with their affect is about creating those spaces of success. Right. And that's and those go hand in hand. Right. It's they want to feel like they have the attention of others. And the way that's coming into their relationships is these spaces. It's also how they solve problems. Threes are going to be focused on the goal. Shut down your emotions. Those get in the way. Those are a distraction. The goal is what matters. And notice how that also, in solving problems, is about how they're connecting with others. I'm creating these spaces for everybody, so what's the goal for all of us? Or what's the goal for myself? And in being in the world, looking for attention, being aggressive and assertive in getting it, solving problems with goals in mind, all of that informs how they're connecting with people and right. creating these spaces. Right. They're, they're, all of this is interwoven yeah. with, with itself. And there's, there, it's, we say it over and over again, the Enneagram is dynamic and there's a ton of movement and these things play into every other part in really interesting and puzzle-fitting kind of ways. That's it. Notice the sixes. Sixes want security. They're going to earn it. Going to have that stepping towards others kind of posture. They're going to earn it by being faithful, and they're going to solve problems as they're part of the emotional response triad. So they actually are going to try to get emotional reactions from those who are in their lives. Notice how that plays into them creating spaces. They're creating spaces for safety and communal faithfulness. And so pushing for emotional reactions allows them to understand whether or not they're creating the space. Right. Have they earned it yet? Right. It's not just about seatbelt, but it's also about, are you going to wear your seatbelts? (laughs) (laughs) Like it's like, it's, it's, it's not just about, the the physical things uh, that keep them safe it's not it's not walls and security cameras it's also like are the people inside the walls safe and part of that has to do with how do they emotionally react do they understand where i'm coming from do they listen when i tell them that i feel unsafe that's all part of it and lastly the nines nines are going to withdraw for control withdraw to feel this sense of peace, going to solve problems with an optimistic attitude. That optimistic attitude and creating spaces where everybody feels at peace, just hand in hand. Right, right. You know? Yep. Somebody comes to the table, says all these things are breaking, and the nine speaks up. You know what? This isn't a problem right now. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Notice that (laughs) that is about the space. Yeah. It's about the atmosphere that the nine is creating for everybody in that moment. Yep. And and like like tying back into autonomy, it it like I I have created this space, and if this isn't what you want, that's totally fine. You can go somewhere else, and I'm yeah. happy to have you go somewhere else. Let's 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 let this be what it is, and let your thing be what it is out there. Like that, like that all that that aspect of like nine seeing two sides, and like that that all all of it plays together. Yep. Notice there's the disconnection. Like the nine will step out of the relationship at that yep. point. Yep. 
because again, this the space matters and it's a pragmatic relationship at some level. Right, right. This will be different. Let me put a, a special note on this. This is probably different for many of us, or at least the what the standards a lot higher for our kids, or or perhaps people we've really made a commitment to. Sure. You know, if your kid is routinely creating conflict, that's going to be a place the nine healthy nines are going to just it's going to yeah, press. Engage. It's gonna, yeah. You're going to have to to figure something out. Right. I suppose. The thing that we name is this is the thing that's hardest for me in my relationships is pro- is going to be all over the language of what we're covering here. So yeah, for sure. My I've, I know I've shared this story before, but you know one of our our children was really having problems in middle school. The middle school that my wife worked at, mm-hmm. there was one instance in which an entire classroom had to be emptied because one of my children was being violent. Mm-hmm. And that news was all over the school. Naturally. Yeah. Y- you cannot get away from that. And right. my my wife longing for our family to look successful, to be part of the tribe that looks successful, it's, it's just that was, that was, in my memory, that's the hardest point of her you know, ro- uh, time as a parent was, sure. was that season. And so, well, like, what counts as a really hard time is all is going to be all over this language, right? And I, I think it, it's like the, that that touches on a, a complexity that's involved in this. Like, it, it's not just the parent relationship that's interacting there, but it's also the the success of the family unit, the success of the child, the the appearance of success of the mother, but also mm-hmm. the appearance of success of how well the school handles that situation. And right. and is is the work that you're doing like like is this the type of work that I can point at to say, look at how well they handled this situation with with my neurodivergent child. Like, yeah. like it, it, all of it plays together in, in a desire to make sure that this is, is the, is the most functional, successful looking space that I can claim as like, look at how great my school did this thing for my child. And if any part of that isn't working, it's gonna become a problem. That that would be that's a good view into the heart of a three. The reframing is clearly the move. Yep. But there are times where the reframing doesn't work. Right. You know, right. where really in intimate moments, it's just it's a crushing. And we've talked about this with three sevens and eights. When when true f- failure happens, you're you're not a bit able to be strong. You're not able to keep moving. You're not able to appear successful. The that can be. Those are the significant moments. Right. Disconnection. Just real important to, to name that in terms of how these three types connect and disconnect, how those relationships are, are formed. Brings us to the next triad. This next triad, I find of all, of all the Enneagram, this is the part I have the, I've had the hardest time understanding. And so just to, I just want to put a special footnote on that, on this point for twos, fives, and eights. This is the place that I'm, I'm desperately trying to get into your mindset here. So this is my best attempt. TJ, obviously, Enneagram Ninja that he is, is just fine. 
but I mean, for it's me, not perfect, but <laughs> the triad of twos, fives, and eights are often called the relationists. They relate to others through what they offer and through what they receive. Twos, fives, and eights all expect rejection in relationships, but from that posture will offer what they value most. Mm -hmm. So eights will offer, if they care about you, eights will offer you strength. Twos will offer help and fives will offer wisdom. That is the point of connection. That's their affection coming out is when the two, five or eight actually offers you strength, help or wisdom, you have to name it as this is a person who's loving me in this moment. And sometimes for some of us, that can be difficult to see. Just starting there, what are, what are your thoughts on uh, on this triad? Yeah, um, the the rejection thing is is I think a, a big key uh, to understanding these types. This is the uh, within the within the object relation theory. This is the rejection group, and and these types all expect that that they that their person, that their needs, their inner whatever is is fundamentally going to be rejected by the world outside of them, and. And as a result, they sort of put up walls. They they sort of close off that inner person so that it can't be rejected, and they offer something in its place. And so, so like like twos who want attention, who want to be loved, who want to be taken care of, who who want to to know that they have worth because they expect to be rejected, they offer help. They offer care. They offer um, taking care of you before you even are able to ask. They, they offer whatever they can so that you will be drawn into the person that they expect to be rejected. Fives offer their understanding. They, they are very private people, and, and they don't want to share a lot of what they have. And they have a very limited amount of energy to be able to interact with the world. It's a specific, finite amount, and once it's gone, it's gone. And so the thing that they offer is, is their own version of how the world works, their, own, their, their perspective on what's available. And they hope that you will see something that makes that helps make more sense of the world so that everyone is a little bit more safe or knowledgeable moving forward uh, and eights expect to be rejected expect to be um, taken expect to be betrayed expect to that that people do not have their best interest in mind and and so they put up a wall around that that inner sanctum and they offer a projection of strength they offer the ability to lead to take control to to be in charge of their own destiny and they they offer that as an example they offer that as their own like this they offer it because this is what they want and and they offer the the incredible amount of energy and strength they have to you to help you become the type of person that can take care of themselves as well two quick footnotes here this has been a hard lesson for me to learn is that I have a hard time receiving the wisdom from my youngest child. Mm. I have a hard time receiving the strength from my oldest child. Sure. Partially because I'm a university professor. I, I know a lot of stuff yep. that my high schooler is trying to teach me about the thing. And one that I am, I just want to say, oh, and have you considered these other 12 things? Right. 
but I'm not receiving the wisdom they have mm-hmm. in that moment. Yeah. And that has been a huge challenge for me yeah. to, to, to see knowledge coming from my five child as them loving me yeah. or from my eight child. I'm a grown ass man. I find a lot of my value in what I accomplish. And so I don't, and an autonomy seeker that I am, I'm not necessarily looking for other people's help. In fact, in my world growing up, if other people were trying to help me, it's they were trying to control me. Yeah. That's how I read other people's offers. Yes. So when my eight child actually has a spot where they they move forward into a spot of actually authentically offering strength, which they don't often do because they expect rejection. And if I don't understand that that is actually an offer of love and ex- receive their strength as it is, then that, that, can, that can be a severing point. Right. And just knowing that and even inviting places for my oldest child to be strong in, in these spaces is, mm-hmm. is me inviting them to love myself and others. Right. I had one other footnote, but I forgot what it was. Uh, <laughs> oh, I know what it is. But what, what are your thoughts on that? I, I think that's a great, like, like especially thinking about it, folding in power dynamics and, and family dynamics into this conversation about, about how we connect to other people. Like, like, there are going to be situations where someone's offering you something that you don't need. Yeah. And, and, Sometimes it it's applies to twos as well, which I didn't right, mention. Right, yeah. and and I think this applies uh, all across the board. Like you and I represent different different affect groups, but we're in the same autonomy triad. Mm-hmm. Um, so so an eight offers me their strength, and uh, sometimes it's it's you know I d- I don't need what you are offering me because I already have my own autonomy. Right, and th- there are going to be a lot of scenarios. Um, parent to child, boss to, to a subordinate, um, parent to child, the other direction, like, like adult children with their adult parents, like that, like there's all kinds of situations where there's, uh, uh, I also wanted to mention like older sibling to youngest sibling. Like there, there's, there's all kinds of things where there is going to be some kind of power dynamic at play and healthy relationships need to recognize some of this stuff that that sometimes the person that that you have some type of status over and above the other person and they are offering you something that you don't need and you might need to figure out a way to take it anyway and and, and in the same way like like twos fives and eights part of their own health is recognizing that they are offering something that somebody else may not need. And like it, like seeing all of this and being able to respond to it in healthy and appropriate ways and, and recognizing that you can't change what the other person is doing, but you can change how you respond to that. So, so when your eight child is trying to do something for you that you don't need done, maybe you let them do it, or maybe you invite them to p- help you carry something that you literally can carry all by yourself. Like, like as a, the most basic example, picking something up that you can carry by yourself, maybe let them help sometimes like, like inviting places where they can offer the thing that you actually don't need. That's not a bad thing. It's like letting yep. your kid win at chess. It's, it's trying to create space where they can 
give the thing that they want to give out of their heart so that they can be a more emotionally healthy person. Yep. Yeah, well said. Important note here, and this is going to, I suppose this will be one of the biggest ideas that colors the next four episodes. Twos, fives, and eights expect rejection in relationships. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Yes, it can be a really good thing. It can be a really bad thing. This is this is the point that affect comes in and you need to really engage your brain. Because for some of you who are twos, fives, and eights, you may feel like expecting rejection is a detriment. But there are some times that expecting rejection is exactly where you ought to be and it serves you well. Yep. So too, three, sixes, and nines might come across as codependent. They are attaching to others. Right. But that can be healthy. And it's sometimes the case that being in relationship where there's real mutual codependency is some of the most joy-producing relationships you can have. Right. Right. And on the flip side of that, the like the detachment can sometimes feel really cavalier. Yep. And and sometimes it's actually a really great thing to say, oh, I actually don't need you in my space, and that's yep. okay. You can go somewhere else. There's a healthy, valuable face to attachment and detachment. Yep. There's also a very unhealthy face to attachment and an unhealthy face to detachment. Right. And in the same way, this, this expect, expectation of rejection, the, it, it can bring about some really unhealthy ways of creating boundaries or not creating boundaries. Yeah. And, and it, it can lead a person to shutting themselves off so thoroughly that they never really let other people into that walled garden. But it can also be a really good way, like, like eights are very good at recognizing who is in charge and whether or not that person should be in charge. Mm-hmm. And part of that is because they shut themselves off and they look for who has the power. Like that, like, yep, yep. like, do do you need my strength? Will you take it? Is part of that power dynamic converse, internal conversation with eights, and it's because they are expecting rejection, and because of that sort of foundational issue, that that they learn how to be really good gauges of power and. All of this is going to be true of the last triad, which is the idealists, mm-hmm. or often called the frustration right. triad. Are ideals good or bad? Really depends. Right. Depends on how, how closely you hold them. Should you be frustrated in this relationship? Or is, you know, is frustration a negative detriment? Or is it the case that sometimes there, there really is something like a healthy frustration yeah. at how things are going in the world Yeah, yeah and I in think your relationships? Absolutely. That's both can be true. Both can be and are true. The linchpin for all of our conversations coming up about how we connect with the world after we set it up here is going to be what does it look like when we get hurt by mm-hmm. the people in our lives or when we lack their love? Because the good or bad is this healthy, unhealthy. It really comes in at that point yep. is when we're not receiving the love we desire or not connecting 
in clean ways that come out of our, our motive and our type. And so right. we need to do a lot of work on that. And that's where, that's where we're going to go. So yep. twos, fives and eights, um, where the, that first triad we looked at create spaces, twos, fives and eights are all about offering. And it, it's really worth naming that in terms of their love language. The, we, we already kind of hit this, but I want to make special note of it. It's being, something is being offered. And the appropriate thing isn't to offer strength in return or wisdom in return or more help in return. That can be. But really, the, the receiving of it with joy, gratitude, and valuing of the person is, is how connection takes place, it seems right. to me, between twos, fives, and eights. Right. Yeah. And I think there, there's a lot to be said about uh, reciprocation at, at, a, at a certain point within the relationship, but the low foothills end, like there's, there's a lot of our work, those of us outside of this triad, our work is to receive the thing that's offered. Yeah. For three sixes and nines, it's almost like you elevate their their gift. You elevate the excellence. Right. You want to you get on board that train and, yep. and contribute to the space. Yep. Elevate the peace. Elevate the safety. Yep. Not so this tr- triad. This is all about receiving. Right. Because they expect rejection. Right. And they know that you haven't rejected them if you receive their gift. Right. Receiving and I think engaging um, is, is part of it yeah. as well. Like, like there's, there's an acknowledgement. There's a like, like you, you don't just take the ticket and walk away. Like they, like you're taking the ticket to to join something. You're you're receiving strength to do something. You're receiving help to to get through something. You're you're receiving wisdom to understand something. So there's there's a level of engagement with each of these things. Yeah, that engagement's that a good word. There. I think is a really important aspect. If your five knows everything there is to know about the Beatles, you better be willing to talk <laughs> about the Beatles for a little while <laughs> or at least find some kind of common ground. That If you don't want to talk about the Beatles, that's fine. I don't. Uh, <laughs> but there, there's there's a level of, of learning how to engage with the thing that's offering, that's being offered, that I think is really important. Notice how this works with just the heart of these three types. The two, above all else, this is their motive. They want to know they're wanted. Yep. And if you don't receive their help, then clearly they're not wanted. Right. Right. And so that is the love that is gifted to the to the two in that situation is I would love to receive your help yeah. in this space. And then being able to articulate how much they bring to your life, you know, giving them the specific attention of you did these things and they were so meaningful to me can be incredibly valuable. Fives, in receiving their wisdom and insight, what you're really communicating to the five is that you're competent because yeah. they want to feel competent. Yeah. They want to feel capable. Yeah. If their wisdom is received, what that actually is, it's an injection of affirmation at the levels that matter to them. Mm-hmm. And and it means that that your information is connecting you and drawing you into a place where like it's not just competence but it's also like like the the things that you have to offer are worthwhile here you have done enough 
to contribute to this space in a way that other people need and and you're capable of doing it. Yep. Like that 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 information being offered is like like this is something that that uh, that essentially will help secure your place in the world. And real similar with eights. We don't know this about eights, but eights are the type that feel the most vulnerable in mm-hmm. the world. Yep. And you have to know that about the heart of an eight that they're there, there's almost like a almost an eggshell thing going on right. in, in terms of how eights understand themselves in the world. So if they are offering strength, that means they have gone past their gates into the dangerous world, as it were. Mm-hmm. I don't know that danger is the right word for eights there, but a world that can, that can punch them hard. Right. And so if they're offering strength in that space, that's them going beyond their safety zone. Right. Because what eights actually want to know is that I am strong and I'm self-ruling and I'm not going to, my, my gates aren't going to get destroyed. Right. Right. That no one's going to sneak inside and burn it down. Yeah. Yeah. So the strength is offered and not received. What's, what's actually taking place with eights is it not is in offering strength, what they're really doing is saying you're part of my circle of trust. Right. And you're not going to hurt me. Right. And that's that's why I'm giving you this thing that's so precious to me, my strength in your particular space. Right. It's often why eights will be just a, their justice orientation commonly elevates the people who are most marginalized and abused because those people are often the sorts of folks that can't hurt them, but they mm-hmm. can receive their strength. And that's a real place of connection. Right. Right. Well, summing it all up then, notice, notice if you were to look at the whole Enneagram then and those four big sets of triads, uh, notice how this plays out. Uh, twos want to earn love. That's their primary. They want attention. In order to gain attention, they, they want to earn it by being helpful. Right. That's going to come from their gifted care and help to others. And when problems emerge, twos are going to solve those problems by being optimistic. There's no problem here. I can help you through this. I can yeah. push. I, I'm here. We're here together. And we can do this together. Right. It's a communal way of being in the world. Sums up a lot of the heart of it too. Right. What's real interesting on all these things, by the way, is those other three triads are all different, but it's still the connecting point here at Affect. It's all the gifted, the, the thing that's being gifted. So fives are not part of the heart triad. They're part of the head triad. So they want security. Fives are going to withdraw to gain wisdom. They're going to withdraw to get their minds around the problem, observe all the things that's out there so that they feel safe. They're going to solve problems with their head. They're going to shut down their emotion. What's the data? This is how I'm going to solve the problem. But when engaging the world, it's going to be similar to twos. They are going to gift the wisdom and insight that they gained from their withdrawn posture. That's how they're going to get into the relationships with others, yeah? Right. And and notice that that much like uh, much like the pragmatists, the three six nines are creating a space for themselves. They're also creating it for everyone else from their own understanding of what is most valuable. The the relationists, the, the twos, fives, and eights are offering the thing that is most valuable to them. That that yeah. is most important to them. When when twos are offering their love, their help, their their care, their anticipation of your needs. They're also offering something 
that that is part of how they understand their own value. When when fives are offering wisdom, understanding a, a, a depth of knowledge and and a way to navigate the world, this is part of how they keep themselves safe. This is the thing that the, that is partly uh, the, like is one of the most valuable things to them. They are offering it to you, and and the eights are are offering this the, the wanting autonomy. They take hold of their autonomy. This is like eights walk into a room and take hold of their own autonomy. These are the types that are most likely to be known without needing to be typed. The <laughs> The and and like they are offering strength because that is what they want. They want strength. They want a, the ability to have an effect on the world outside them, and that is what they are giving other people as well. Yep. Notice if eight gives you strength, they are in some sense diminishing their own strength. Mm-hmm. That's how you know it's love. It's actually a cost to themselves. Right. So too for the two, if I'm offering you energy to help you, that's a diminishment of my own resources. Right. For fives, it may wisdom has a strange character because knowledge, knowledge isn't an, in, uh, a limited resource. Knowledge can get spread with, it can reproduce without. What would you call that? Like you can spread an idea, and it doesn't diminish the original idea. Sure. I don't but, know what that is, what the term of that is a, in academia. For, for Aristotle, it's I dropped out of college. Aristotle calls it limited goods versus unlimited goods. There are some sure. things that have an unlimited quality, yeah. and knowledge is one of them. You can spread them indefinitely. Sure, but I think the the, the thing to point out here with fives is is yes. that like the, it is really important to to know about fives that all interaction costs them energy. Like oh. it, it's not just the sharing of information; it's the sharing of a resource, and themselves in the conveying of that. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, and and if I give you this this piece of information, you're now going to be able to do whatever you want with it. Right. There's also exposure that takes place if the five is sharing something. In some ways, that's revealing information about themselves. Mm-hmm. And it may be the case, like if, say, I'm the United States government, I'm sharing nuclear technology with France, that knowledge actually could come back to bite me. Right, you know? right, right. Who knew the French wanted to take over Manhattan, you know? But now they got <laughs> nuclear weapons, you know, or something like that. Um, it can be the case that knowledge shared could be weaponized. Right. And so it really is love and trust that's going into that that's a bad uh, that's a bad way to put that i think perhaps even more so the five sharing their insights about friendship or romance is actually at the same time giving the listener information about their own hearts right you know right well i think i i I think it works like like thinking about the the practicality of the u.s sharing nuclear information with france it's offering a level of trust. It's offering. It's it's saying I I expect that you aren't going to use this information to take over Manhattan. It's it's saying I trust you to to a level where I think you can handle this information, right? And and will help you to better yourself. And also, you know a little bit more about me simply from the fact that I know this. Mm-hmm. Like that, like this is an insight into what I care about 
because I have this information in the first place. Yeah. Exposure. Yep. And that exposure in, in, in my mind in this space is about intimacy. Mm-hmm. I can't get any information out of my youngest child about the folks who they are romantically interested in. Sure. That's not about them. That, that's about exposure. It's about comfort there. It's about feeling vulnerable. It's about, yeah. I'm sure it's about a lot of things. I probably need to think about this more. <laughs> well, you also have to factor in the teenager aspect. Yeah. And they're, yeah. I'm going to share Your teenager with all your isn't telling you who they're dating. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> Last triad is the idealists, or some people will call this the frustration triad. <laughs> the, the, or the frustrated the, idealists. Yeah. The the negative for this triad gets just overwhelms the positive. <laughs> Everybody else looks at us as just frustrated. <laughs> Especially ones. I'm sorry, I, ones. That's that's a, that's a perspective thing, my friend. <laughs> You're reading that. You're reading this situation oh, this? as a frustrated idealist. Well, I'm just talking about the literature. It looks like there's there's the attachment sort, there's the relationist, then there's the frustrated. No, there's the attachment sort, the rejection group. Oh, that's the frustration right. Frustration group. You're actually says, in the middle. There is, uh, we haven't said this, but there is like a positive spin on all the names. Yep. And a negative spin on all the names. Correct. Of, uh, pragmatists, idealists, yeah. relationists. These yeah. are all positive. That's great, yeah. Frustration. <laughs> Attachers. Yeah. Rejection group. I forgot about that. <laughs> Expect rejection. Ones, fours, and sevens. So these sorts, the affect, the way that these sorts, ones, fours, and sevens, tell you they love you is they're going to pull you into the spaces that matter most to them. Right. Into right. their romantic vision, into their adventures, into their, you know, their, their work towards improving the world. Right. That's how they say, I love you. Right. Yeah, there's a there's an element of, like I I see the world in a way, it, it, I see how it could be. I I see how things should be. Like there's yeah. there's some type of like over there that we can get to, and and these types, the idealists, are pulling us into that. I like the idea of the over there. Yeah, yeah. It's the what could be, what should be movement. A lot of mm-hmm. movement in this sort. Yeah. So in other podcasts, we've called this set kites. Yeah. It's almost like there's like uh, where where we our ideals are flying high, and there's the there's the image of pulling, and are are is the sail going to take you someplace? Right. Come sail away. Come sail away. Come sail away with me. <laughs> you got to listen to some sticks on this one. It's a great seven song for the idealists. Let's let's take these in turn. Uh, let's start with the fours. Fours are going to pull. It's one of the few places that that there's a lot of energy from fours because mm-hmm. fours normally are going to withdraw to get a sense of their own emotional life, get themselves kind of introspectively grounded. But when it comes to connecting with others, they have a romantic vision, and if you connect with a four. Oftentimes, the movement is they are pulling you into seeing the beauties, the kaleidoscopic beauties of the world the way they do. Mm -hmm. Here's how everything has a place. Here's my place in it. Here's your place in it. And notice how we, I have, you know, carved out this spot for us, which is, which is one of the better spots, you know, or beautiful spots, as it were. Right. 
also want to say, like, I'll I'll talk about this with each of these three types, but I th- I think this triad is is perhaps one of my favorite ways to sort of think about the dominant intelligence center, mm-hmm. because fours it w- within thinking about idealism it, and the way that these types are pulling us into some kind of vision. I think that that ones have a vision about the physical world and fours have a vision about the emotional life. Yep. And sevens have a vision about the mental understanding. Yep. And and in in this way fours is not just pulling pulling people into their vision of beauty but it's also like like fours don't like normal. They don't like mundane. They they want to experience the high like the, the the happiest version of happy, the saddest version of sad, because that that the depth represented there is what's real and, and what's meaningful and beautiful. And this is how they understand their place in the universe. And and in that pulling us into it, they want to they want the depth. They don't want to have small talk conversations they like is god dead that's like they they want to go to the depthiest places because that's that's where the most beautiful things live and that can be sad that can be happy that can be like like across the spectrum they they want to go to the ends of the spectrum because that's that's the fullest representation of what is and and like that comes from this idealism place. It's not it's not about finding what makes you happy. It's about having the moments that are the most happy and and being real and present to the moments that are the most sad and and all of the other emotions that we could talk about. Like the the idealism represented here has so much to do with the emotional life and the the experiences, the way that we experience the world emotionally. Things that don't have weight or boring mm-hmm. want some stuff that has significance. Yep. And even if it's really, really dark, at least it's significant. Right. Absolutely. And and you can see this playing out with the emotional life of relationships like that mm-hmm. i i think this is a big part of where the like we talk about the push pull with fords this is a big part of where that lives is because when when you're close i i have this ideal vision of how our relationship is supposed to be and i actually get to see the 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 kind of boring stuff the fact that you put the toothbrush in the wrong place or, or like you like these things that aren't perfect aren't aren't representative of my ideal vision so i actually am not interested anymore because it's normal and boring and so i push you away and now that you're away i can draw in some more of that idealism and it's it's like the grass is always greener over there yep yeah on the flip side the four is also the one that can you know in the words of the poet can look in the icebox and devour the peaches that are so cold Mm. And it's on one side, it's very average, but on another side, they, they're able to see the beauties here. Yeah. You know, I'm butchering yep. William Carlos Williams there, but, um, there's, I have uh, no idea what you're talking about. So <laughs> continue. <laughs> Google, uh, something about famous, frozen peaches. There's a, fa- there's a famous poem. Um, <laughs> fours that are creators that might be able to, I mean, um, I, I, I would assume that Van Gogh is a four. Sure. 
and here's here is a plaza at night and i'm just gonna i'm gonna paint it with some some oils but bringing forth the colors and beauties there mm-hmm. who would have realized that just this this scene of this evening actually had you know these everlasting depths right. to them right and 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 draws each of us like this this is one of the things about why why we talk about so many fours being in fine arts is because it's not just that someone like Van Gogh is painting Starry Night. It's not just that they want to give these things. Like like I am I am deeply moved by Rembrandt's Rembrandt's mm-hmm. paintings and and I am absolutely no kind of artist. Like that I, I can't I can't do art because my brain doesn't work that way. But when I see something like a, a Rembrandt, I, I'm drawn into Rembrandt's vision. When yeah. I listen to the the Moonlight Sonata by Beethoven, I, I, I'm filled with this sort of sad longing that that is expressed through through this music that 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 teaches me something about the beauty of the universe. Mm-hmm. That that I I don't have normal access to myself. The perfect way to say that, and the pulling nature of that needs to get named. Yep. Sometimes I know in my own life, sometimes fours are trying to pull me into places, and I don't necessarily want to go. Mm-hmm. You know, control obsessed one that I want. I sure. am, uh, but that is the four saying, "This is how I'm going to. I care about you. Right. I'm pulling you into this thing that I really." find such high value and we yep. will, may talk about this movie in the future but uh one of my favorite fours on film is remy from ratatouille mm-hmm. who again average things i have found this piece of cheese and this strawberry in the trash yep but they are actually beautiful yeah and the first yep. thing he does is eat one eat the other there's a combination and then he tries to pull his brother into the experience right to see the world and experience the the flavors of the world that he right. does yep yep and I think that's also a really I mean, it, it's a joke but it's also a, like a really true thing to recognize that like like it, Remy is is experiencing this we talk about a lot of cartoons. Remy is experiencing <laughs> this this explosion of flavor and like the 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 way they animators draw in his like like there's fireworks and there's swirling and there's like there's something magical happening yep. when you try this cheese and this strawberry together it combines and creates something greater than the sum of the of the parts and his brother tries it and it's like yeah it's cheese and a strawberry and like the the truth is fours see the world in a certain way and a lot of other types don't yep and so the rest of us need to acknowledge and see and and give space give importance to the way that fours see the world and fours need to know that some people don't care yeah and there's but, nothing wrong with that but when but when somebody does care and can see the world the same way you see yep. the world jump on it notice yeah. Notice how that movie ends with one of the top <laughs> scenes in all of animation. Remy takes something very average. It's mm-hmm. a peasant dish mm-hmm. and offers that ratatouille to the food critic who... One of the most judgmental people on the planet. Immediately, notice it shocks them back into the past. Yep. 
notice the four language there. Yeah. And it's all of us, and the experience is colored of this average thing with all these layers of beauty. Anyway, <laughs> crushing. It's yeah. crushing how beautiful that scene is, but just uh, Brad Bird winning. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm shocked that we've spent this much time on fours. <laughs> we kind of flew through everybody. Uh, sevens. Sevens are also going to pull. In fact, this for those of us who love sevens, we feel this all the time, the seven saying, yeah. here's the thing that I want to go do with you. If they love you, you know, they're going to try and pull you into the thing. Right, right. And, and they're, they're, I mean, realistically, they're going to try to pull anyone into the thing that's willing to go with them. <laughs> Uh, and, and they're going to go regardless of whether someone goes with them or not. But like, like this is part of love is it, this is part of, of their human interaction is, is they want to draw people into, they want to have the, they want to live the, the good life and they want to draw other people into the good life with them because, because what's, what's the, I mean, how, how much better is sharing we use the ice cream analogy all the time. What's better than one scoop of ice cream? Two scoops of ice cream. What's better than two scoops of ice cream? Two scoops of ice cream with a friend. It's <laughs> That's great. Right. It's pulling into the experience of the two scoops yeah. of ice cream. Yeah. You know what you're not thinking about when you have two scoops of ice cream with a friend? Sadness. Childhood trauma. You know, all that the pain. You know, yeah. these are these aren't on, on our agenda. Right. We're we're gonna consume something else. Yep. And if the seven invite you into enjoying the ice cream, clearly they're they're pulling you out of your own melancholy, perhaps, or mm -hmm. you know the places mm -hmm. that may be traumatic. And 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 uh, we have not done a sufficient job, I think, yet of talking about attention and autonomy and security um, okay. with with this grouping yet. So just real quick, fours like all of that, all of the focus on what we're feeling all of the like like highest highs lowest lows all of that is attention all of it is about like the yeah. the, the wanting to feel significance it's all about attention and for if, fours more than the others it can often be about my own attention on myself yeah if i i think on the high side if the four communicates this is the beauties and significance I see in the world. If you're able to see those same things, what's really happening is you're able to see me. Yep. Exactly. Because I'm connected yes. somehow through yep. in the in the in the vision of the world. Yeah. I have meaning because you can see me. Sevens then are security seekers. Right. And the security is by outrunning all the all the trauma, all right. the melancholy. Right. If, if this place represents danger, then over there represents safety. Yep. Come with me. Yep. We'll do it together. Yep. It's going to be great. That, that thing over there is, is so long as I have a chance to get over there, I'll be safe. I can get through whatever's happening here so long as I know that I can get over there. Yeah. The Pied Piperness, the Peter Pan side to sevens, it's just all over... You know, that posture of heart. I'm Take my hand. We're going to fly to Never Never Land. Right. You know? Right. And we do that by thinking of, uh, thinking wonderful thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it the case, like, the writer of that story had real traumatic 
wife experiences or oh, like yeah. he like he like lost his wife and was writing stories for his kids. It was something like that. Or it's shit. The, the neighbor's but, kids. Is that who it is? Yeah. Have you seen there's a uh there a movie it was called Finding Neverland is Yeah. Finding that's, Neverland. Yeah. Yeah. Not hundred percent accurate, but it's it's close. <laughs> or or there's the one I want to say it was called Life Is Beautiful, about sure. the um it's about a, a man who's a Jewish man who has a son oh, during yeah. during the the Nazi occupation uh-huh. of Germany. Yeah, yeah. And he is routinely trying to spin things yep. such that it appears that this is all you know part of the beautiful world, and he you know recasting it. Up right. until the end, you know, right, right. Like he's he's about to be shot, and it's yeah. still still making it yeah. a, a joy. Anyway, I th- that worthy. Both those are worthy. You know, it's both the heaviness of life and like really put, pulling people into the joy. Yeah, overemphasizing the happy emotions. Yeah. How how can we turn this scenario into something that's that's enjoyable for other people? Yeah. Once, so to have an ideal vision of how the world is, I liked how you n- noted that with Intelligence Center, the mm-hmm. physicality of the one wanting to change the world. Yeah. And however that manifests right. is, is going to be important. So that doesn't necessarily, you know, that can be our uh, physical health. That could be the appearance of our home. That could be governmental structures. That could be the business that you own. I mean, whatever the the thing that the one thinks is just most essential to help shape and you know reform. Um, if 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 you're connecting to a one, a one is often saying, "Here's the thing I want to improve. Will you join me?" Right, right. We we talk about the like which light bulb is out, and that has to do with the space. Like like if we can make this space better, we should. The, yeah. Martin Luther was, uh, we think he was a one and like the, he basically looked at the church and said, the church is broken. The way the church works is broken and we should, we need to fix this. Um, like there's the, the reformer, the, 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 even the idea of being a perfectionist, like, like all of the things about oneness has to do with making the world, the the space around it, are not necessarily our experiences, but making the space better, improving yep. things, fixing things that are broken. You'll notice just a piggyback on that because I like theology. It's uh, notice how much Luther's theology emphasizes the brokenness of humanity, right. and by that I mean Luther's own brokenness. Right, exactly. It's highly self-critical. Yep. And out of that comes this, you know, revolutionary theology. Right, right. So so when we talk about ones wanting to be the good little boy and girl, good little girl, like that, it, that, that comes from the same place. It's, it's all about like, like there is a better way to live. Yeah. And part of it has to do with whether or not I am good. And part of it has to do with what out there needs to be fixed. That desire for things to feel whole, to feel mm-hmm. good, mm-hmm. to feel the the physicality can't be underemphasized. There, um, I have a friend who's a one who's in higher ed. His field of study as a historian, he studies the athletic movements of the seventies and eighties of like what what happened in American culture to get you know people running marathons and the rest. 
but he himself is is marathon obsessed and has run i think he's run a marathon in every state now and he's trying to run a marathon like in you know countless different countries is kind of his ambition his connection to his wife is very much around their running Mm. and he's pulling her into that activity that habit um this is what the good life looks like the healthy life looks like um and notice that idealism and they're connecting around that idealism right i want to draw special attention to something having to do with the point that you just made about your friend in higher ed who is a one mm-hmm. who studies the history of movement uh, of of athletic movements in the 70s and 80s and is really big into marathons mm-hmm. i don't know who this i am one of your best friends and i don't <laughs> know who you're talking about because Everything that you said is something that I do not care about and will not engage. (laughs) And I'm making a little bit of a joke, but I think it's really important to know that, like, if you are not engaged with the stuff that the one thinks is really important and is actually doing in their life, you're not going to be connected to that one. They are pulling the people around them into their vision. And if you aren't, if you don't care about the thing that they care about, you're just like that. They're not going to spend the energy trying to pull you into it. And also you aren't going to want to go with them. Yep. Like the ones, fours and sevens, idealists. Like we, we've talked about the thing that, that each each of these triads connects in a certain kind of way. And, and pragmatists want people who are going to give them the thing that they're looking for. They, they attach to those people. Uh, relationists are offering something. And ones, fours, and sevens are pulling us into something. And if you don't care about the thing that, that they're pulling you into, that's okay. You're probably not going to be part of whatever they're doing. You may not, you may know each other, but you probably aren't going to be close because you aren't engaged with the thing that they care about. If you aren't capable of talking about depth of emotion, you're probably not going to be friends with a four. If you aren't able to be spontaneous and to go to the thing that, like, if you don't like having fun, you're probably not going to be friends with a seven. <laughs> like, that's, that's just, but. That's just the reality of just more these types. Or, yeah, yeah, not and that's not more. a bad thing. Okay. Um, yeah, my best friend is a seven, and he is also a very boisterous and and like drawing attention to himself kind of person. And if I never wanted to have attention on me, I could never stand next to him. Right. Luckily, most of that attention is paid to him, but I still have to stand <laughs> next to him sometimes. <laughs> So two, two things that hit me as you were talking is one, uh, it's been noted that ones are the loneliest number and sometimes it's coming <laughs> out of this space, right? Yes. The yeah. ideals, uh, are there, they're trying to pull others into the ideals, but sometimes like, ain't nobody else coming in the one because they're a body type just starts acting anyway. Right. Well, I'll do it myself. Right. Real common for ones to just do it all themselves. Yep. Second thing is, so my father is a one. I long to connect with my dad through things that we share. Yeah. We are both businessmen. 
Mm-hmm. We both like talking about history and, um, and we have had long conversations about theology and uh, we obviously share the same family. All of these things are things I bring up in our phone calls. Yeah. But we don't necessarily connect. And yeah. the reason is, is because both of us actually are obsessed with politics and we both are in very different worlds. Mm, yeah. And unfortunately, or fortunately, I mean, my, my dad's a, a, well, he's a doctor from one of the best universities on earth, but this is my field. Yeah. And so like when we talk, we don't connect necessarily. And maybe I'm, I'm, I'm overstating that in terms of, well, clearly I'm winning the argument. That wasn't the right <laughs> way I do that. Um, <laughs> we don't connect because, yeah. because we have, we have very different ideals. And so even though it's the case that we could, we have all these other things we could share in terms of like what we're passionate about. It's, there's some, there's some underlying stuff where it's like, Oh, you know what? If I were to embrace your vision, it would spoil me. Yeah. At, at those, that's why uh, politics, especially for ones can be so tricky for those of us who love ones is that some sometimes their desire not to be spoiled by the world can can manifest in those spaces, you know. Mm-hmm. And that it's true of religion as well. Like like you're not, you know, a Jehovah's Witness, you're not Mormon, you're not a Protestant of a certain sort. Therefore, we can't connect right. at depthier levels because because right. of my ideals. Yep. And that could be really tough. Or you I mean, you could, could even, even be frustrating. You might say, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm saying it for those of us who love ones, and right. like your your silly ass hoops are too refined. Like mm-hmm. you gotta let those go. Yeah, in the one. they're and, idealistic. And, yeah, yeah the, that's where the unhealthy ideals, I suppose, can come in. Yep. Or I suppose ones who uh, you know, marathon running, you maybe have body image issues that mm-hmm. color the relationship between parents and children, or success or or the job that they're supposed to take you know i sent you to this private school so that you could be a lawyer and not an artist right kind of thing and that those are relationship decisions as it were what would and that's not the way i want to say that those are um well i think that that does touch on some of that like frustration piece is it like like when when idealists when when their ideals aren't being met, there's there's a frustration represented and yeah and on the flip that, side yeah the, the other side. like like for for those of us on the outside that that like we are not living up to this the standards we are not like like for ones we don't agree with the correct pol- political decision uh, per- perspective for fours right. we we don't go depthy enough uh, for for sevens we don't. We, we don't care enough about getting more or, or going over there. We, we want yeah. to stay here and get the work. Like, like there's a frustration for those types that may cause tension, that may cause some type of break, that may prevent real connection because these types have an idealistic vision and, and we should at least be moving toward that. And if you don't care about that, how can you not care? Like how, how Dare you not take life seriously enough to care about doing these things this way, the way that I see how it should be? Yeah. That's the fruit of your ideals for others or experience of others not being met. Mm -hmm. I'm frustrated that I couldn't pull the person into this emotional experience, this adventure, this improvement of the world. Yeah. The the emotion that comes out of that triad. Frustration. Notice how this then works, you know, 30,000 feet up for the types. The four who wants attention, 
They're going to withdraw for significance, but they're going to try and pull people into that significance. And when problem solving, they want to get an emotional reaction. So right. fours will commonly push people to get emotional. Right. And it, it's it interlaced with this pulling them into their the way they see the beauties and vision of the world. Yeah. Right, right. Like, if you're sad, let's be sad. Like, yeah. let's let's pull into that. Like, let be more sad. Wouldn't you want to fe- experience the fullest version of your emotion? When some people accuse fours of being too much. Yeah. That's where it's coming out of. Right. This is, yeah. Sevens are security seekers. They're taking hold of joy. That, that can mean they're going 250 miles an hour. Right. Right. And making sell- sure there's 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 a chance to get to the joy. Yep. Yeah, problem solved by being optimistic. You know, you know where there's more happiness is over there, and I bet yeah. we can get there going 250 miles an hour. Yeah. The, the this this thing that we're in, let's just go over there. It's fine. Take my hand, we're off to never never land. Yeah. The engagement of others, the connection with others has to take place in those confines if you're spending all of your considerable energy aggressive energy assertive energy taking hold of joy then the only time you're going to connect with others is if they are going you know 100 miles an hour with you right right or some i I know some sevens who you know are uh in you know in marriages where they're pulling their spouse along pulling their spouse along spouse is like i need to break seven's just like all right I'm gonna, I'll see you in two weeks. And right. Whoosh, right. <laughs> off on their hunting trip. Yeah. Do not remember my mom being as mad as, uh, well, I remember twice that she was really, really mad. One was at my stepfather who went on a two week hunting vacation. Mm-hmm. Nine that she is, she had been disconnected from. Yeah. <laughs> and sure. she had been left alone, you know, yeah. and he was just, but, but she wasn't, she didn't want to go on 20 mile a day hikes, you know, carrying yeah, no an way. elk that carcass through, <laughs> through Rocky Mountain National Park or whatever. Shooting things? No. <laughs> she was so mad, though. <laughs> <laughs> so there, it's just that, that tricky nature of things. In terms of if you're going to love a seven, but you can't keep up all the time, there, there has to be that kind of setting the rhythms. And and recognition that that if that, that you will not be holding them back, or else they, like they'll yeah. cut that cord and run away. Yeah, you're stuck. Yeah, yeah, that's a thing too. And then ones who want to be in control, and that often spills over into the world around them. If they're a good enough person, clearly they can make things better, and they're going to earn that because they're right. good enough. Right. And they're uh, when problem solving and shut down their emotions, really focus on what's right. Yeah. The um, to get a little bit theological for a second, so the w- one of the main antagonists in the story about Jesus is uh, a group called the Pharisees, and the Pharisees mean separators, and and essentially what these people were was was a group of people within the the leaders of this faith that thought that so long as we separate ourselves from the broader culture and follow these rules, we will receive blessing. So long as we are good enough, as yeah. we behave a certain way, we will receive blessing. And and like that's I 
drawing the comparison between like what we understand about ones and and this sort of like understanding of Pharisees. Like there's this idea that so long as we behave a certain way, so long as we earn our place by being good, we will have the kind of life that we should have. Yeah. It's even, uh, to push it slightly there, Pharisees who are part of an occupied people, the Roman government, the Roman military machine has taken over their country. They think if only, only when they're good enough will God come and rescue their land. And, so, and give us our autonomy back. Yeah. yeah. So the fact that you all are perverts, you know, the fact that you guys are screwing things up, you're making it so that God's not going to advocate on our behalf. Right. And that creates This a, light bulb is out. This, yeah. like, these things are wrong with our space. I am, I'm eating too much pork, whatever else. So long as I behave in these ways, then I'll get the autonomy that I expect to have. That's going to create some, some terrible energy, you know, mm-hmm. in, ter- in terms of the religious bubble that is created, the exclusivity that's created, the hyper judgmentalism that's created. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of those movements throughout history come out of the hearts of ones. Right. So, on the flip side, Gandhi's a one. You know, right. and is is creating spaces that are idealistic for his culture. We're not going to respond violently to the British, and it works. Right. You right. want to know why it works? My favorite line in, in that movie is uh, because 100,000 British soldiers cannot control 300 million Indians if those mm, Indians yeah. refuse to cooperate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. there's, some, there's something about the idealism that is almost on the poles, as it were. It's real hard to be a moderate idealist. Right. You know, sometimes right. it pushes you towards these extremes. Right. And and for those of us who are are uh, find ourselves in relationship with ones, like there's there's this element of the the way they see the world has to do with what is preventing us from getting to the should. What is yeah. what is what is our barrier from being where we're supposed to be? To being in this place that like this is how the world should work. Why doesn't it work that way? Ones are on the lookout for those things. And and that includes you. That includes them. That includes, like, whatever part of our house isn't right. Whatever right. part of our finances or our job or our car or our kids or, like, what work we're doing that's preventing, where my money is invested that's preventing me from being a whole person or, or preventing the world from working the way it's supposed to be. Like the, this is, this is how they see the world. And, and you are constantly being invited into making the world a little bit better. I suppose we didn't talk about the love language side of this, but notice how this works. Like on one side, there is embracing the ideals of the one four seven connecting with them in terms yep. of they're pulling you and you go with them. Sometimes, and I can speak authoritatively on this front, sometimes loving the idealists is, is telling them when they're, they're going too far, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and bringing some moderation to their approach to life. Right. Like telling the fours you're going too hard here, the sevens yeah. you're going too hard, the one you're going too hard. Yeah. That, that is something that, that those types actually do need and is a deep sign of affection. Right. So... Um, but it's also, it has to be paired with relationship like that. That information yes. does more damage from strangers than it does from someone who has, 
who has proven that they are on board with some of the idealism. So like fours wanting to be seen, sevens wanting to make sure they have opportunity and not wanting to be stuck. Ones wanting to be good, wanting to, to make things better. If you have already proven that, that you're, that you see them, that you are going to give them space, that you are going to, to be part of the improvement. Like you have more authority over being able to say, Hey, this isn't as important as you think it is. You have more, if, if fours know that you see them, that, that you have been with them in, in the trenches and some of the stuff that they've gone through, that, that you can handle the too muchness, then it's easier for you to say, Hey, you're being too much right now. That's a great word. I hadn't thought about that. I think that's entirely right. You can't, you need a relational platform to, if you're going to call out another's idealism, otherwise they can get defensive real quick. Right. Because they're, they're pulling you into a a bigger world. And if, if the, if you, if they don't know that, that you're willing to go with them, then they also won't know when you are showing them a, a clearer path. Yeah. If you will. That's a depthier level. The idealism is so depthy that you're going to filter all critiques through it. Right. You're just not significant enough. You just don't see the world in the beautiful way I do. You know, right. You don't see the world as it should be. You just want to be stuck here. Yep. That's a, that's, a, that's that's worthwhile. That's what I got. Uh, I suppose I can set up next time, but you got anything else on, on uh, this introduction to affect groups? Uh, I just, I, I love... I love the dynamism involved here. I love mm-hmm. seeing how these things all, like we've done so much work to talk about some of the other stuff, the, the intelligence center. We've, we've talked so much about stance. We've talked so much about coping style and we have talked a lot about affect. And I, I just love when we get these, these spaces where we get to see all of those interacting, we get to see the dance of our personalities and these aspects really moving around and and shuffling and 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 flipping and like like the the ways that these all play together and and how clear it is that there is a really healthy way to engage these parts of ourselves and there's a really unhealthy way to not be aware of it to not to be asleep to to ignore these things that are are foundational about how we interact with the world like it's so easy to ignore the fact that i i draw things into me that give me a sense of peace and i can really easily just forget things that don't and that's to my detriment if I'm not paying attention to it. It's a good word. Two big things I want to pitch for us moving forward, because this is going to perhaps be one of the most interactive series that we've done. First, we are meeting every other week through October and November on this topic and would love to have you. Go to aroundthecircle.org. There will be links. Just look for you know, on the main page, just look for the links that have you sign up for meeting uh, with us. We meet on Zoom on Sundays. We're going to start on October 9th, and this will be our topic, is how do we connect with others? What does it look like to, to overcome and wrestle with loss and hurt? And what does it look like to do the healthy side of frustration or detachment or, you know, expecting rejection? All those are 
very discussable. And if you've been with us in the past online, you'll you'll know just very filled with conversation, lots of interactions. We get a chance to hear from all the types, and we would love to have you. So if you don't have anybody in your life that you're talking to about Enneagram stuff and want to jump into a sphere where other people are informed and, and you can either be, you know, you can be a, uh, a wallflower or you can be very engaged uh, with your own story. Both, both those are options here. But we'll start that on October 9th and it'll go through the first week of December. Second big thing is I suppose what I had just kicked out. Next time we're going to hit one of the most important topics that I've learned this year and it's about lack. You connect with the world idealistically or through what you offer or through the spaces you create. What does it look like when you don't feel the connection back? I'm, I'm, I have been moved by this material quite a bit and am real interested in talking about it more. So we'll talk about lack next time and we'll talk about what the high side and low side of, uh, of the emotions we experience when we lack connection look like. So that's, that's what I got. Um, well, friends, like always, you know what we need more of, TJ? Naps. Naps and stars. You go take a, <laughs> you go take a nap. Our listeners are going to give us some stars. But, brother, guess what? Our, our, our listeners have stepped up. Ooh. We huh. hurdled, hurdled with speed when Ian Morgan Cron oh, back huh. on top Ooh. in terms of most stars on the Spotify for Enneagram podcast. So, Love it. Good so. job, listeners. Thanks. <laughs> you guys are fantastic. If you give us a review on iTunes or stars on Spotify or iTunes, it means the world to us. And a few of you have done reviews recently. I share these with TJ at like 2 a.m. because I can't sleep. I'm like, look at what this person said. And yeah. since I'm still awake from the night before, <laughs> that's right. I go, hey. It's a good bedtime message. <laughs> we're going to have a, a gathering in February. First weekend in February, we're going to be meeting in Greeley, Colorado. Uh, so if you're in the Colorado area and want to come to our conference on stress and security. We'll be doing that material first week of February. There are links again at aroundthecircle.org. And uh, that's what I got. If, if you love somebody and want to connect with them in any of these ways, one of the best ways is you could share this podcast with them and say, this is how I connect. How do you connect? Have language around that. So yeah. share this with somebody that you love. And that's what I got. You got anything else? I got nothing, man. He's CJ Wilson. He's going to go take a nap. I'm Jeff Cook. I'm going to go watch the Broncos. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sports is happening. Sports sports ball time. If you're not into sports ball, that's just fine because who you aren't <laughs> isn't interesting. 